Hello, everyone, and welcome to the July 25th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The WCAB has again granted reconsideration in the Anbank Valdez decision. Last April, the WCAB issued the split-end bank decision, which resolved the long-term uncertainty about the admissibility of the reports of a non-MPN physician. After Elaine Valdez filed a claim for industrial injury, the employer admitted liability, and she was sent for medical treatment to the employer's MPN, where she was seen by Dr. Nagamoto. Applicant then began treating with Dr. Nario, a non-MPN physician, upon referral from her attorney. The WCAB in a split-end bank decision ruled that non-MPN physician reports are not admissible when the employer has properly complied with MPN regulations. The WCAB reasoned that Labor Code Section 4616.6 precludes the admissibility of non-MPN medical reports with respect to disputed treatment and diagnostic issues. Where an applicant has left a validly established and properly noticed MPN and impermissibly sought treatment outside the MPN, the non-MPN physician cannot be the PTP. Accordingly, the non-MPN reports are not admissible to determine an applicant's eligibility for compensation. Furthermore, the WCAB concluded that neither Section 4605 nor Labor Code Section 5703A justifies the admission of reports from non-MPN doctors where treatment was improperly obtained outside the MPN. After this decision, litigation between the parties continued. Elaine Valdez filed a timely petition for reconsideration from the Appeals Board on bank decision since she was then an aggrieved person for the first time. Additional briefs were filed by the parties, and on July 14th, the WCAB again granted reconsideration, stating they wanted a sufficient opportunity to further study the factual and legal issues involved in the case. It is not clear at this point what direction the case will now take. And now our fraud report. The co-owner of two health care companies was convicted on multiple health care fraud charges related to his participation in a scheme to defraud Medicare of close to $20 million. A federal jury in the Central District of California found Evans Onaiha guilty of one count of conspiracy to commit health care fraud, four counts of health care fraud, and one count of false statements related to health care matters. Camilus Ahigi, who co-owned and operated the health care companies with Onaiha, pleaded guilty in July to multiple health care fraud charges in connection with his participation in the fraud scheme. Onaiha and Ahigi co-owned Caravan Medical Supplies, a durable medical equipment company in Culver City, and Prosperity Home Health Services in Lawndale, California. The indictment claims that the owners paid marketers for access to Medicare beneficiary information and fraudulent prescriptions and other documents used to submit false claims to Medicare for DME and home health services that were not medically necessary and that often were not actually provided. Combined fraudulent claims exceeded $20 million. Ahigi will be sentenced in January 2012, and Onaiha is scheduled to be sentenced September 19th. LabCorp 
is paying $49.5 million to settle a Medicaid fraud lawsuit claiming the company overcharged California's Medicaid program and gave doctors medical kickbacks for patient referrals. LabCorp disclosed the proposed settlement payment and a securities filing with the SEC. During the second quarter earnings conference call, LabCorp executives said that the company is settling to avoid the uncertainty and costs associated with prolonged litigation. The settlement is subject to negotiation and execution of a settlement agreement and release. LabCorp competitor Quest Diagnostics is on the hook for even more money. In May, Quest reached a $241 million settlement agreement, which amounts to the largest recovery in the history of the California False Claims Act. The 2005 suit against Quest, LabCorp, and six other medical testing lab companies stems from a whistleblower who brought the claims to the attention of the California Attorney General's office. A subsequent three-year investigation uncovered widespread abuse of Medi-Cal by Medi-Cal testing laboratories operating in California. <clears throat> the whistleblower was Hunter Laboratories, a California lab testing company that could not compete against the lower rates offered by the major medical lab companies. The litigation claims that the major lab companies offered discounted or free testing to doctors, hospitals, and clinics who referred Medi-Cal patients and other businesses to the lab. The companies subsidized those low prices by overcharging Medi-Cal for testing services. The complaint also notes that many of the discounted tests were priced well below costs, making it difficult for new laboratories to gain a share of the lab testing market. Quest, LabCorp and other medical testing companies were alleged to have charged Medi-Cal up to six times as much as they charged other customers for the same tests, according to the California Attorney General's office. And in regulatory news, Governor Brown appointed workers' compensation judge Rosa Moran of Oakland to serve as the new administrative director of the Division of Workers' Compensation. Moran has served as a workers' compensation judge since 2005. Previously, she was an attorney in private practice from 1988 to 2005. Moran is a member of the Oakland Bench and Bar Association, the Filipina Women's Network, the University of San Francisco Alumni Association, and the University of the Pacific Alumni Association. This position requires Senate confirmation, and the compensation is $132,179 a year. Moran is a Democrat. She replaces Carrie Nevins, who served as acting administrator director since October 2005 and passed away in February due to complications from kidney failure. California Assembly Joint Resolution 12 calls upon the U.S. Congress and President Barack Obama to enact key reforms to the Medicare secondary payer law. This resolution is part of a national effort spearheaded by the Medicare Advocacy Recovery Coalition to get new law to President Obama's desk this year. The latest federal reform bill, H.R. 1063, known as the Strengthening Medicare and Repaying Taxpayers, or SMART Act of 2011, will bring increased efficiency to the current MSP system. A broad coalition of business groups, public entities, and advocates for accident victims and workers' compensation claimants support these reforms, and as a result, the resolution unanimously passed in the California legislature. 
Jim Little, president and CEO of Pacific Comp, spoke out in favor of this resolution. He said that it is in everyone's best interest to establish a fair, timely, and more effective process to settle claims involving injured employees who are Medicare beneficiaries or soon will be. This new legislation proposes several changes to the MSP Act and to reporting under Section 111 of the Extension Act of 2007. Proponents say that the SMART Act will benefit all parties, including Medicare, payers, and claimants who seek compensation for their injuries. The Division of Workers' Compensation has adopted new regulations for standardized paper billing forms and electronic billing standards. California will now be one of the first states in the country to provide for e-billing in workers' compensation. These regulations encourage, encourage both workers' comp insurers and medical providers to transition to e-billing. The new regulations will also streamline paper billing by standardizing billing forms and will make it easier to communicate through the use of standardized bill review messages. By statute, claims administrators are required to accept electronic bills and may develop their own capacity to accept electronic bills or may contract with a vendor to perform the function. Participation in electric billing, electronic billing is optional for medical providers. <clears throat> Provisions relating to paper billing become effective on October 15, 2011 and provisions relating to electronic billing become effective October 18, 2012. A comprehensive seminar is scheduled in August to help claims administrators, medical providers, and other professionals implement this new law. The seminar will be presented by Suzanne Honor Vanegrav and is sponsored by the defense firm of Floyd, Scarron and Kelly and the California Society of Industrial Medicine and Surgery. Suzanne was the manager of the DWC medical unit where she oversaw the qualified medical evaluator, the spinal surgery second opinion, the medical provider network, and utilization review programs. As manager, she was involved in the drafting process of the new e-billing regulations. She is considered to be an expert in medical billing and fee schedule issues. The Northern California Seminar is set for Friday, August 19th at the Courtyard by the Marriott Emeryville and will be repeated in Southern California on Friday, August 26th at the Warner Center Marriott in Woodland Hills. Reservations are required. For further information or to register by phone, call 818-206-9222, extension 212. And now our medical report. Medical errors in hospitals are a costly problem for workers' compensation systems and the healthcare industry in general. However, a new study shows recent improvement in patient safety as a result of a program introduced at veterans' hospitals nationwide. Under this program, the number of mistakes have gone down while the number of close calls have gone up by contrast, a fact researchers say hints at a new awareness and openness about hospital mistakes. Medical errors are a widespread problem in the U.S., occurring in about 1 in 75,000 surgeries every year. In the world of healthcare system, it ranks low compared to other harms, but it ranks high in terms of preventable problems. To try and solve the problem, the Veterans Hospital System introduced checklists and special training that stresses teamwork among its staff. Follow-up studies appear in the archives of surgery, and it appears the work has paid off. 
between 2006 and 2009, there were 101 real errors, like operating on the wrong patient or on the wrong side of the body, and 136 close calls. Over that period, the number of errors dropped from 3.2 per month to 2.4, while the number of monthly close calls shot up from 2 to 3.2. Wrong patient and wrong side procedures were the most common mistakes. Diagnostic imaging like CAT scans using dyes injected in the blood accounted for the majority of the wrong patient procedures. <clears throat> Researchers concluded that it comes down to communication. They encourage all healthcare team members to speak up and be involved. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and for much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. And please drop by again next week for more news.